0: Welcome to the Be So For Real podcast. I am your host, Christina Igwe, and I am so excited for you to be a part of the Be So for Real family. So if you haven't already, please like, comment, and subscribe and share with your loved ones. Here we're talking about being and getting real about your relationship with God, with others, and your own life. Come in and join the conversation and be so for real. Here's our new episode. Hey fam, thank you so much for joining the Be So For Real podcast. I'm your host, Christina Igwe, and thank you for joining us. Um, if you like this episode, please like, comment, subscribe, share it with your loved ones and your family, and I really hope that this episode would be a blessing to you um, as we get started. Um, this week, I um, after the launch of the first episode, Um, I felt really discouraged, and I, all that really is just because I decided to believe the lie of the enemy, um, that this podcast just wouldn't work. Um, I started comparing myself with friends. I started comparing myself with um, people who have done podcasting for a long time, and I just got into a funk, and all of it is, it's my fault, because I should have been able to recognize the enemy when he came, but, um, it's just a real moment, like, it, it came very heavy, and it came like a, like a tidal wave of emotions, and, (coughs) which ended up becoming the driving point for this week's episode, and... This week, I'm talking about comparison and competition. And in essence, what I found is that, I'm just going to be honest, it's so easy to compare your journey, your life with other people and expect that you should be in the same place with them. Um, It is so easy to fall into this trap or this web of lies where you just begin to believe that because of where you are it's insignificant to where somebody else has been and you're loo- using you're using somebody else's life as a measuring stick for where you're supposed to be and so i found myself this week really thinking back and i'm like well this person has media technology and this person has you know, the vocal capacity, and this person has this. And I found myself comparing myself to a lot of different spaces in my life. It didn't just start with the podcast, but it felt like a lot of different spaces. And I was just comparing myself, like, well, this person has this, this person has that. Why am I not here? Why am I not doing this? And uh, I really just heard um, the whisper of the Holy Spirit, and he was just kind of like, uh, he's not kind of like, he told me, despise not the small beginnings, and that word kept ringing in my head so many times, um, so many times, so I finally had to look up the verse, and the verse is Zechariah 4, 10, and it says, Who dares despise the day of small beginnings? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Uh, Let me read another translation. I think I like the, let me see what the NLT is saying. Do not despise the small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And as I was studying um, and trying to you know, think about this week's episode, um, I'm studying this verse, and I'm looking at this verse, and what I understand is that um, the Lord is talking to the prophet Zechariah. And at this point, um Zechariah is um, being encouraged and and being talked to by the Lord about Zerubbabel laying the foundation for the temple, right? At this point, the people of Israel had been in captivity, and now they're returning back to uh, Jerusalem, and now uh, the Lord is wanting for the temple to be rebuilt, and he has chosen Zerubbabel to build this temple for the Lord. And this is the same chapter where uh, the Lord told Zechariah to tell Zerubbabel, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by the spirit of the Lord. And when we go a couple of verses down, he is saying, do not despise the small beginnings. Right? And so (coughs) I found myself in this space where I'm thinking about just where I'm at and just where this podcast could be, should be, had I paid attention to the Lord, had I done what they did. But I had to really recognize that no person's journey is the same, right? No person has uh, to go through the same thing that others go through. The journey is different. It looks different. And in that place, we have to understand that Nobody was there when God called you. Nobody was there when God said, hey, do this. Nobody was there when God said, I need you to fulfill this assignment for me. But here we are, we're walking in obedience, we're trying to be who God has called us to be. And the number one thing that kills the call and the will of God for our lives is competition and comparison. We subtly have a competition in our hearts against other people. Let's be for real. We want to be at a level that other people are. We want to extend the heights and the realms that other people have gone to. But because we put our eyes on where they are and we don't put our eyes on where God has us currently and we despise this small place or this place that seems insignificant, we begin to assassinate that thing that God has called us to. And it's really crazy because um, as I was continuing to study, um, I recognized moments in my life where I fell to this. I fell to comparing myself. Why am I not at this level like somebody else? And in those moments, God has literally had to remind me they are in a different space than you are. This person is in a different space than you are. This person is at a different capacity than you are. You cannot compare your destiny and who you are called to be to that of someone who has gone before you, to that of someone who has maybe even a different calling, a different audience, a different um, space, a different realm. You can't compare yourself to that. Um, And so I really had to wrestle with the Lord. Well, not wrestle with the Lord. I had to wrestle with myself. I had to be honest with myself about the thoughts that I'm thinking, and I had to put them subject to the obedience of Christ, because 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down high imaginations, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I saw I had to use this scripture because uh, I had to use Zechariah 4.10 because I had to remind myself that this is a small beginning. This is a place where has the potent this place has the potential to be something greater than you expect it, greater than you understand it, but it requires your obedience and for you to not look at the other person next to you, to not compare yourself or put yourself in a competition with somebody else. And lightheartedly, you know, um, competition can be a good thing. Lightheartedly, it can be a great thing, right? You're challenging yourself against your peer to see who's the best. But it doesn't apply when it comes to the call of God and what God has called you to. It doesn't apply when it comes to You being who God has called you to be in that space, then the only person that you should compare yourself with is your last greatest self. I can't compare myself to the better singers on my worship team, but I can use them or gain from their knowledge what they've gotten in order to make myself better than what I was last week and the week before. And it's the same way with this podcast. I can't compare myself to another Christian content artist's work. But I can use their tools and what they have to be an inspiration for myself, to challenge myself to be better, to challenge myself to be greater than I was the week before. And so, like I said, um, the Holy Spirit really, really geared in on me this week that Comparison and competition is the assassinator to your destiny. And it, it really convicted me. I'm it convicted me to the core because I didn't realize that what I was doing was killing this beautiful thing before God had really started and put it off to where it needed to go. And so I repented before the Lord and I talked about it. But then now I used it as a platform where I could really actually dig into this and talk about this. Let's be so real. We want to be the greatest. We want to be the best. We want to strive towards greatness. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you begin to look at other people and other things, you negate or neglect what is important for you to build your capacity. What is important for you to strive and grow and develop yourself? And so there was another verse that the Lord talked to me about, and it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 18. um, And I'm going to put my focus here in verse 8 and 9. But let me give a background text. So this is about King Saul, right? And at this point, David is on the rise. He had just killed Goliath. He had just led Israel into a victory against the Philistines, right? And they're coming back to Jerusalem, and everybody is celebrating what had just occurred in the life of David. By this point, Saul had already been rejected as king because um, Saul had disobeyed the Lord multiple times, and God had finally said, enough is enough. I'm taking this kingdom away from you and putting it on somebody else whose heart is after mine. Which can preach all, literally all by itself. But now the, they're coming back to Jerusalem, right? And the women are singing songs. They're saying, David has slain, uh, Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his ten thousands, Right? And, This is what the scripture says. It says, and Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? Key verse here. And Saul eyed David from that day on. And this is 1 Samuel chapter 18, 8 through 9. That key part here. Saul had eyed David from that day on. At this point, Saul had already been rejected as king. God had already rejected him, right? But now we begin to actually really see how Saul's kingdom was, how Saul began to have the demise of his kingdom because he began to compare himself and put his eye on David for the rest of Saul's kingship, for the rest of his journey as a king. He kept trying to find ways to tear David down. It wasn't said about how he was trying to uh, rule the nation well. It wasn't said how he was trying to uh, defeat the Philistines and, and although there were battles with the Philistines throughout this text. But for the rest of the time in 1 Samuel, we see the focus of Saul as being him trying to find an opportunity to kill David, him trying to find an opportunity to destroy David and destroy what David's doing, right? And it led him to be an ill, effective king. I wonder what would have happened If Saul determined that for the rest of his days, instead of trying to pursue David and trying to cut David down, I wonder what would have happened if he had just tried to do his duty to bring the people back to God, to lead the people with God. I know it probably would have been hard because the voice of the Lord was cut off, the voice of God was cut off. Samuel had refused to, you know, continue to meet with Saul and the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. but I wonder what would have happened if Saul had had a mind had a repentant heart and a mind to say, okay, if the kingdom has been stripped from me, fine, let me still try to do my diligence to lead these people well. Maybe God would have uh, saw Saul's heart and said, okay, he still wants to rule them well. He still knows and acknowledges his need for me. But no, like Saul literally spent his life comparing himself to David, trying to be not trying to be like David, but trying to take David out of the picture, trying to compete with David. It's almost like that um the fairy tale Snow White, where the queen, instead of being a good queen, is trying to, you know, is going to the mirror and saying, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And for years, she had been the fairest. But someone came along and was fairer than her, was beautiful on the inside, then out. I wonder who would have been the fairest if the queen had decided... I'm going to rule these people well. I'm going to lead these people well. Because what was understood was being fair, being beautiful, doesn't just appeal to the outward appearance. No, it is an appearance and a posture of the heart to honor and to love and to serve people and to be driven for the place of people. And for the heart of people, that's what makes you beautiful, the kindness of your heart kindness towards what God has given to you to be a steward of. And so I find myself, uh, I found myself in that place and in that danger zone of trying to compare myself to men of God, women of God, people who have gone before me, podcasters. And it almost made me take my eyes off of the beautiful thing that God has started here in this podcast, it's small, right? But anything that has great magnitude is not going to start big and grandiose and uh, mighty. It's not going to start off that way. It's going to start off as small and insignificant. If you look at a seed, a seed is small. It is It is little to the eyes but in it has the potential to be something great something big something mighty in the potential has the the means for generations of generations of fruit to come in one seed has the capacity for a million other fruit and so with these small things y'all got to apolog- I got to apologize real quick <laughs> sinuses so if you hear a little sniffling please disregard but uh to have this space where it's small it's intimate it's private but inside of it has the capacity for great and mighty things the focus should be on okay god what is this thing how can this seed grow to benefit the lives of people to benefit the lives of your kingdom to benefit the agenda and the assignment that you've called me to how can this small thing become great and mighty in your sight. And so that is that is a place where God is taking me to. Because let's be honest, let's be for real, we have in our lives, in our daily lives, we compare ourselves every day to everyday things. We compare ourselves to Instagram models. We compare ourselves to um, the the comedy of people, we compare ourselves to the giftedness of other people, not recognizing that that's their gift, that's their calling, that's their dimension, and then we look at ourselves as insignificant. But if I am reminding us about what God said to Zechariah to tell Zerubbabel, despise not the small beginnings, despise it not. What God was saying to was that when you have opposers and when you have people who are going to be in opposition and think that what you're doing is insignificant when god raises you up it puts them in a place of silence your opposers will come people will come to discourage you and the biggest uh, opposer of it all is your own flesh the only thing that the enemy will use in your thoughts to make you feel insignificant to the call of God on your life, right? Opposers will come, but if you stay steadfast with the Lord, the Lord will silence all of those opposers, even yourself, even your flesh. He'll silence it because it's not you. It's not you that's at that work. Remember I said a couple of verses before in uh, Zechariah 4.6, it said, for it is not by might, It is not by power, but it's by the spirit of God. When you understand that this capacity or where you're at right now is not your doing, it's his work in you, and you shift your focus on what he can do through you, all of the opposers are silenced. Every person that has come against you will be silenced and be put to shame. This is why the Bible declares in Psalm chapter 23 that he says that he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, right? So the very people who stand to oppose you will be the people that will see you feast at the table of God. And that's something to rejoice in. Another scripture that the Lord had reminded me of was Hebrew chapter tel, uh, Hebrews <laughs> chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And it says this, Therefore, since we are so surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely, okay? I want to stop here for a second because the writer of Hebrews is saying we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So there are people that are being a witness to what God is doing in your life, right? And they are watching us and waiting for us to run our race with endurance. And as a result of that, we need to lay aside every weight and sin. So not just the things that we do that displease God, but the weight that holds us back. The burden of feeling like you're not good enough, like you're not qualified. The burden of feeling like you have to be in the same level as somebody else to articulate the word of God or to do what God has called you to do. Lay aside that weight. Lay aside that burden. Lay aside that brokenness so that you can be able to run your race with endurance those people who carry who are carrying weights on them while they're trying to run a sprint while they're trying to run a race an endu- an enduring race they will be dragged behind so you have to take off that weight and run your race with endurance right looking unto jesus the founder and the perfect our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus had a burden to endure. Right? He had a burden that he had to run this race, this race that would cause us to be reconciled back with the Father. He had to endure the cross. He had to not despise the shame, right? He had to endure the shame, endure the the, the jeering endure the disrespect the dishonor from his own creation he had to endure all these things in order so that the goal to have men reconciled back to him was accomplished and so we look at jesus as our guide and you know we'll say okay god like i'm not like them I'm not like this musician. I'm not like this worship leader. I'm not like this person. I'm not like this speaker. I'm not like this prophet or this apostle. I'm not like these great men and women of God. I'm not even like my peers who are doing greater things than me. Just despise not the small beginning, right? Allow the Lord to do what he needs to do in you and only focus on that, only put your mind that I promise you, you will see the power of God's might and may be small, right? Any good thing has a small beginning, right? Even when we look at stories like uh, Gideon and we look at people like Moses who had a humble background, humble beginnings, but God used them to do mighty things for his purpose. God always uses the small things. So let's not get caught up with, how people are doing things, and that's not, not get caught up with the competition and the comparison. Do you right? And it may be hard and it may be difficult, but I promise you, I believe that when you step out by faith and you run your race with endurance and you do what God has called you to do, the greatness and the magnitude of what He's called you to do is greater than you can ever conceive or imagine. And so. That's how I've had to process through my comparison and my struggle with competing and comparing against other people this week. And so I pray that this week that this message would really hold on to you because what God has called you to do, no one has ever un- no one could ever understand it. Because they weren't there when God called you. They weren't there when God gave you capacity for it. They weren't there when God put the burden on your heart. This is something between you and God, and God will send people alongside of you. This journey is not by yourself. He'll send people to help you along. But at the end of the day, opposers cannot be the silencer to this great thing that God has for you. So that's my message for this week. I really pray that this message of comparison and, um, and you know, competition would really sit in your heart to know that you are uniquely made by God for a unique purpose. You are called by God for a unique thing. And that is not something that anybody else can take the credit for. That is not something that you should compare yourself with. But just run. Just do what God has called you to do and watch him build the fruit and watch him build the capacity and just watch him do what he does. I hope this blesses you. Thank you for joining the Be Soap For Real podcast. Hey fam, thank you so much for tuning into the Be So For Real podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, share, and subscribe. This is a growing family, and so we really love you to be a part of it. And I'm your host, Christina Blake. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next week on Tuesday at 7 p.m. to be so free. God bless you.